What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa. And today, guys, we have a great episode in store for you. We have a ton of things to talk about from the NBA to the NFL. So many storylines broke over this weekend, and we are here to give you the very latest from them. So join me on the show today. Unfortunately, my co-host, Tyler Stringfellow, is out this week. He's actually competing in the, in the uh, Division One championships over in, over in Ohio. So good luck to him over there. But bringing on... but. I want to bring this on. I want to bring someone on the show today who has been, you know, there for me day in and day out. You've seen him on this show many times before. So please welcome back to Down to the Wire and into the Koffler Center for, I believe, the first time on this program, uh, Mr. Kyle Finn. Kyle, how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, but this also isn't my first time. I uh, I've been in the other room with you before. Well, well, you've been you've been in the podcast room with me. Yeah, but I, I don't think first you, time in here. Yeah, though. I don't I don't think you've been on my show in the live studio. So first time. So yeah, I'm trying to get back in the live studio, trying to do more live shows at my normal time. So obviously, for anyone who isn't aware of that, I we I try to do live shows in the Coffler Center, live on you know radio and live on Instagram for right now, uh, seven to eight on Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, if you want to listen to that live on the radio, you can tune into WJMF 88.7 H. Tooth Smithville Providence, or you can tune in on the rate on the website stream at wjmfradio.com. So there's a ton of different ways you can listen to us there. Uh, obviously, we're available on Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff for the podcast version. And then if you want to watch the video version of this of this show, we have a YouTube channel as well. Go check that out. All the links are in our bio on our Instagram at down to the wire. So make sure you guys go check that out. But Kyle. Man, we have a ton of stuff to talk about tonight. We're there, you know, it we're kind of entering, we're kind of in that dead zone right now in sports where, you know, the Super Bowl's ended and you know, usually we're waiting for MLB spring training or just the MLB regular season to start for a lot of people. And MLB's on a lockout right now. We don't know what the situation with them is going to be. So, uh, like, there's kind of a lot of uh, back and forth as as to what's going to get going. But uh, there were some big events that did happen this weekend in sports. Uh, in this this weekend in sports, obviously, we had the NBA All Star Game, which took place, and some some things went better than others. I think the three point competition was pretty entertaining. We got to see Carl Anthony Towns win, and I don't know what, what were your thoughts on that competition. Do you, did you like it in general? I wish I had bet on Carl Anthony. <laughs> I was uh, not expecting a big man to win it. Yeah. That is for sure. Um, I always forget how nasty of a three-point shooter oh, yeah. he is. But, um, I, I mean, listen, I was down on him, too. I, I was like, there's no way Carl Anthony Towns is going to do this. I, I get it. He's kind of just like the big man you're throwing in there. And I know he can shoot the three ball, but I was like, God damn, this, this man can shoot. Like, it, it was surprising for me. Yeah, he uh, he had 29 in his final round, I believe. Something like that, something around that. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very impressive. It was it was it was awesome to watch. But unfortunately, the the greatness that we got to see in the three point competition was sadly overshadowed by just the atrocity that was this year's NBA dunk competition. I mean, I mean, do, do you just want to talk about a stinker like this thing was terrible from start to finish, man. And I don't know about you. The dunk contest has just been dying over, I, I think, at least since 2016. You could make a case when Aaron Gordon won it for the second time that there was a chance that it was going to get revitalized. But, man, this dunk contest has just been a complete dud. And, like, this year just was the complete epitome of it. It was it was awful, man. I mean, we had freaking Obi Toppin of the Knicks, Jalen Green of the Rockets, Cole Anthony of the Magic, and then I didn't even know this dude from the Warriors, Juan Toscano Anderson. Like, have you ever heard of this guy? No, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I, I, just being honest with you, I I, I, uh, I was kind of shocked that he even made it to the final. But then again, everyone was missing their dunks. You yeah. know, everyone was going to like the third last dunk you can in the um in the dunk contest because you're only allowed three. Um, yeah, the dunk contest unfortunately is dying. Uh, it's not dying; it's dead. I, I it, at least I think so. 
they need to do something. I, I think they have some ideas that they just haven't unleashed yet. Hopefully they do unleash them soon because if nothing works out either next year or within two years, they got to scrap it because nobody's going to watch it, unfortunately. No, I kind of agree with you. I think they are going to have to do something very drastic about it because this was just this was a complete mess. And you, you summed it up best of all because you had these guys that were literally going until the final dunk to even attempt a you know, somewhat decent dunk. And I realized that dunking is no easy skill. Like, like to be able to jump up in the air like that, I can't even do a basic two handed dunk. So I, what these guys do on a day in and day out basis is already impressive, but it just doesn't seem, it, it seems like they've kind of just jumped the shark and I don't know, like, I, like what was, what was the most memorable moment of this dunk competition? It was Cole Anthony going out in Tim's and trying to dunk. Like that's the, that's the most memorable moment of a dunk competition. I mean, you had Blake Griffin jumping over a freaking car back in the day. Like you had like some of these guys, you know, completely pioneer, pioneering things rather. I mean, there were so many great storylines that there used to be back in the day. Dwight Howard, you know, taking over as Superman. You had Michael Jordan going from the free throw line. Uh, the amazing dunk competition, obviously, with Gordon and with Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine back in 2016. And now we're just stuck with this trash. And it just it 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 just feels like it feels so wasted. And I mean, the number one thing that you need to see back in this competition, Kyle, is the stars. And it's it's so apparent because listen, like like if these guys were excellent dunkers and they were experts of their craft, you could say, you know what, you know, credit to the stars enough. That they, can they dunk? Sure. But these guys are masters at their craft. These guys aren't, these guys aren't that Jalen green was an embarrassment out there for the, for the Rockets. He was so embarrassing that he made Kareem Abdul-Jabbar leave and like leave after like his, like his second go of it. He Kareem's like threw up his hands and said, you know what, man, I'm done. I can't do this. This is embarrassing. And he just like walked out the door. Like, how do you, how do you even have this stuff happen? Well, here's the thing, though, with this. I know the stars deep down want to compete in the dunk contest because obviously they have before, you know, Michael Jordan and all those great names you said before. But it's the risk of getting injured because these most of these dunks that are first of all, we didn't see a 50 dunk at all in this contest. Not one. And, you know, you can only do so much as a human to pull off a 50 and make it original without going to the lengths of you breaking your neck and et cetera. I agree. So my problem is, is I wish they would have, have it be like a one-on-one situation and have it just be like, you know, people getting posted and stuff <laughs> because that's, that's what, that's what made uh, the all-star game fun. The actual all-star game, because it was actual stars. They were doing like, you know, alley-oops doing crazy things. Some people got posted and that's what made it interesting. At least for me, the dunk contest is anything but that. It just doesn't feel natural. Yeah. I mean, but it, the, the format of the dunk contest really hasn't changed that much, but I do think it is the fact that you can only do so much like, like you can only reinvent the wheel so many times on a dunk. I mean, you know, you see what, you see what Zach Levine was able to do when he did, you know, all those in between the legs, you know, dunks. I mean, I remember when Aaron Gordon literally went underneath his own body and, and threw it in. I, and to me, I don't know how that didn't win the dunk contest outright. I think Zach Levine should have just forfeited on the spot. Cause when I saw something like that, I was like, that isn't human. Like that should not be possible. So, I mean, I, I get the fact that you can only do something unique so many different times, 
But then again, we see like these guys on the, we see these guys on like house of highlights or whatever the heck it is. And like, they're, they're coming up with like these new dunks all the time. And it's, and like, you see what they do and it's unreal. And I get that they basically, that's basically their sport for them, for them, for them, that's their version of, of perfecting a jump shot for them. It's, it's for them. It's like, all right, I'm going to learn a new, a new way to dunk the basketball today. And that's like what they do. But I, I feel like, I feel like for guys at this craft that can jump so high and do all these amazing things. I feel like you got to be able I feel like you got to at least be able to do something like that. Well, here's the thing, though. The people like the content creators, they're trying to find ways to get views and make money. So they have to do that. The players who compete in the dunk contest, they get a signed contract and money at the end of the day, regardless of how well they do or how bad they do. So that's the difference, though. So I'd probably say that they would have to get some outside people, some of these content creators that are known for doing these flashy dunks like uh yeah uh who's the who's the one his name's jordan kill kelamong or something like that it rings a bell but it, yeah I'm not, not certain his, he, he has a few signature dunks in 2k okay. though but like yeah. having him come on and you know do his thing and you know having him be like a normal like basketball player that's what it needs because we simply that's what we want as basketball players you want to see flashy dunks in the dunk contest no, I, I agree with you. You do that. That is what you want to see. But you, you made it. You made a good point of saying these guys kind of just have their contracts like like made like like for, for a lot of these guys, there's no big incentive to go out and do the dunk contest. So I, I don't know. It's, it's made me think like there are other competitions that were kind of suffering from this very similar problem. One 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 competition in general was the home run derby. I mean, just a couple of years ago, like you had just stars completely absent from it. And, you know, it was it was just kind of any you know, any kind of old Joe that, you know, they could have like a, like a 190 batting average, but as long as they had like 20 home runs, they were going to get thrown into this thing. But now the MLB came out and they basically said, all right, the winner of the home run derby is going to get a million bucks. And then all of a sudden you get to see all these stars return to the home run derby. And they, they, they're, they're like, Hey, million dollars is on the line. I'm, I'm going out. I'm, I'm definitely going to compete for that. I mean, you got to see Pete Alonzo do his thing again, got to see Vlad jr, you know, completely shatter records when he, when he entered into it. And I, I think giving these guys an incentive to go out and compete is, you know, something that, something that will, would definitely get more stars back into the game. Cause at the end of the day, at the, eh, at the end of the day, Kyle money talks, I mean, it does. So if you're able to get, if you're able to say, Hey, Whatever the star is, you're going to get whatever treatment or something like really cool that you want. Maybe we'll get you a new car or something. I mean, for these guys, it, a lot of a lot of athletes are materialistic. So if you give them the right kind of materials, they're going to respond to that. Well, that too. And they also don't want to get embarrassed on national TV because yeah. dunk contest has its own limelight. So if you do a dunk and you get embarrassed, like you completely fall flat on your face, et cetera. You're going to be the next meme on the internet. That's also, not, I think, another reason why these guys don't want to go that crazy, though, because if they fail, you know, one's going to stand out from all the others, though. But if as a whole collect fail, no one can really get turned into a meme. Is you going to be like, oh, that one dunk contest in I mean, 2022? I mean, I don't know about you. Like, this thing is kind of becoming a meme in and of itself. Like, I mean, have you seen, like, the stuff about Shaq going around where, you know, it was him in, back in 2000 with, with the video camera, and he's, like, so hyped. And at this one, he's, like, half asleep, basically well, half dead. Well, I mean, basically, one person, like, becoming a meme. Oh, so you mean, like, like being clowned. Like, a certain basketball player. Like, one of those four, one of them only becoming a meme, though. But all of them did bad. So... You can't really like, you know, make fun of it. It was just a horrible event all around. Yeah. So no, I kind of agree with you there. There is kind of a give and take with that. Uh, the only thing I would say is I, I, I do think that you can keep the dunk contest in basketball. I don't want to see it go away because I we've seen what they did the last time it went away. And 
I, I don't think that would be the best situation for them. So for anyone who doesn't know what happened was I, back in 1998, they actually just scrapped the dunk competition. Cause in, in 97, I think they had, I think it, they had like Kobe during his rookie year, they had a bunch of guys in it and it just like this one, it just completely fell flat. But, but back then though, they had stars so that it, there was kind of a difference. Like they had stars, but it just wasn't getting that. Well, Kobe energy. wasn't a star at the time when he performed, he was just a rookie. Fair enough. Yeah. So, I mean, they were, it had some potential like big name guys, but it was also kind of suffering from the same problem. So in 1998, they do away with it and they bring in this thing called two ball. I don't know if you've ever heard of this before. I had never heard about, about it until I just, I had known that they canceled the dunk contest, but I was like, oh, what did they put in its place? And they put in this thing called two ball, which I had never heard of before. And basically it's like a shooting competition where they put like, where they put down like different, like numbered, like zones on like a court, you know, kind of like in the big three where they have like the ruffles, like four point circles. Oh, well, isn't that what they literally did this all-star for the, the competition? I remember I saw some videos from this one where they were taking shots. Yeah. So they were doing like half court stuff and, and it, it, it was a similar kind of thing. This was more inside the three point line where they were doing okay. this from. So yeah, it, it was, it was more like mid range kind of game. There was some three point shots, but it was more mid range stuff. And th- what they did is they took an NBA player and a WNB pl- NBA player from the same city <laughs> and they had them and they had them compete in like a shooting drill where they would go back and forth and they would pass from one person. They'd take a shot and then they go to the, then they go to the other pers- person. Then they, they would take a shot and it was supposed to be like, Oh, whoever gets the most like points at the end, like in this competition, like your city wins. <laughs> Do you know, it's actually the most shocking thing that you just said out of all of that. I didn't even know the WNBA was around at that time. Yeah. In the nineties. Yeah. Nah, I, I think, I think, <laughs> I, they're like, believe I, that. I think they're like 25 years old. Really? Yeah. I, I, it might've, it might've been like during their first years of existence, like literally, I mean, 25 to 2022, it might've been like literally like their first or second year in like, like affiliated with, with the NBA. <laughs> like it may have literally been that, that early. And I, I was watching and it, like they had Kevin Harlan like narrating. And I mean, he did his best to make it interesting. He, he ended up saying next, we got the two ball competition with, with John Stockton and like whoever, like the heck, like, I, I think it was like Jeff Hornacek. And then it was like some other person that they had it with. And, I mean, I'll give credit to Harlan. He did his best. I mean, he, you know, he, he had his classic call of some, of it, but at the end of the day, like a lot, like even these players ended up saying, this is a joke. Like it, like, I think it was like Jeff Hornacek and he ended up saying, Oh, what? I hit seven. I, I hit seven straight seven pointers. Like, like go to hell. Like I'm done with this. Like, like they, it eventually just became really foolish and it went by the wayside. And then I think they kept it till 2000 when they actually brought the dunk contest back famously when Vince Carter went on to win it. And, you know, he completely brought the game back and, you know, everyone thought like the game was going to take off from there. And it did for a little bit. You got Dwight Howard in his prime competing in it. You got a lot of big stars competing in it. And then uh, for a lot of people, they think they think once Blake Griffin jumped over that Kia, that kind of sealed the deal in the dunk competition. It was like, all right, we don't know if we can really go further. Uh, We don't really know if we can go up from here. So that was kind of the end of it there. Well, that's the thing, though. I haven't really seen any props used in these. Uh, I, that's that's the reason why I loved watching. The-, the number one prop that was used was Tim's again, like by Cole Anthony. That was the number one prop used. And I was I, I, and I get and I know people are people are going to say, oh, it's because of Brooklyn. It's because of this. It's because of New York. And uh, great. Cool. But at the same time, you're jumping in construction shoes. No one cares outside of Brooklyn. No one cares. I mean, listen, I wear Tim's when it snows outside, so I don't care that you're dunking in them. Is it cool that you can dunk in them? I'm wearing Tim's right now. <laughs> yeah. Is it cool that you can dunk in Tim's? Yeah, sure. It's cool that you can dunk in Tim's. But when people when people are saying, oh, that's the same as Blake Griffin jumping over a Kia and that kind of a prop, I'm like, no, it's, there's no equivalent in that kind of a prop. I'm, I'm sorry. I got to be honest. I think the NBA All-Star is like one of the worst ones out of 
it, it's NBA and the it's it's weird. The two most popular leagues in America have the two worst all star. Oh, it's games. terrible. And then, NFL Pro Bowl horrible. Nobody wants. It's basically a two hand touch game. It is. And then you have well, the all actual all star game is fine. Yeah. I'm glad they reconstructed that though. But everything leading up to it is is so boring. It is. It it really is like it really is boring. I mean, I just it's not entertaining anymore. I'm and again it's. You you can do football at half speed. You can do basketball at like half speed and and kind of and kind of play it and kind of you know kind of a, have a hands off approach. But Josh Donaldson obviously uh, you know won an MVP back in like 2015. Uh, he had, he actually had a really great take on it, and he ended up saying that he believes baseball's All Star Game is the best that you can get. And I have to agree because he ended up saying he said obviously you can play football at, at like half speed. You can play basketball at half speed. You can't, you can't like, you can't play baseball at half speed when you have a hundred mile an hour fastball coming down the middle from, from Shoei Otani at you. You can't fit, you can't, you can't like, you can't, you know, half, you can't, you can't do that halfway. I was looking up the, uh, the ratings for it, uh, for the all-star game. The actual game got a, got 6 million point, 6.3 million people, okay. but the thing though, is this was across two networks though, which yeah. is honestly kind of sad that it only got yeah 6 million, but yeah. I mean, it's up from six six percent last year, but the thing though is last year's was the worst viewed it, it, all it, time. It was terrible. Yeah, I mean, it, it was also just because it was in Atlanta and it was like that complete like COVID shutdown game. It, yeah, it, it was a complete like it, it just like optically it looked terrible. Yeah, I'm trying to get the ratings for uh, the Saturday night game. Yeah, I mean. I mean I don't know how hockey's all-star game is like, do they like, from what I've heard, they do like a series. Like, like they have like, they have like all like the different leagues play against each other. And then they, and then it's like a tournament style thing. I like, from what I've heard, from what I've heard, hockey has like an interesting all-star all-star tournament, but it just isn't watched as much. Yeah. It's really sad though. I I think it's one of the better ones. So basically they have the four divisions. Yeah. They play 20 minute game. You'd be like, like Pacific versus Atlantic. And then the two others though, they play 20 minutes. And then basically the winners of the first two games playing the championship game. And then, you know, whoever can score the most in 20 minutes gets the million dollar prize. That's actually, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can't find it. I don't Eh, Don't worry about it. So obviously I I just know the ratings were not probably that good. Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) listen, the, I didn't mind. I actually didn't watch the game itself, but from what I saw, it it, it seemed pretty entertaining. John Morant was kind of just jumping out of the out of the state out of the uh, arena, so that was obviously cool to watch. But then, you know, just just the dunk contest contest in general. It, are there any other final things that you could say as to how to improve it? Like, is there really anything else outside of like outside of just putting putting a putting an incentive on it? Ooh, for the dunk contest, uh, I. Honestly, maybe taking another break wouldn't be the worst thing because they've gone 22 straight years of having it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think everyone right now is just having a, a, co- a collective mental block of creativity. And I think maybe that, you know, maybe two year break, maybe a good way to, you know, come up with some new ideas, maybe think of another way to, especially because the grading system is a big problem Yeah, because the contest can keep continuing. If everyone gets a 50 or it gets the same grade mm-hmm. and just going to keep continuing. Yeah. So they need to figure that out because the contest can go on endlessly. If they want to do that, then obviously not though, but like it's got to end at some point. I agree. And uh, they just need to bring the stars back. Like they can't keep having these. Yeah. Like nobody's well, they're not really nobody's if you're, 
like an, an NBA basketball. diehard, but yeah, but, but like but, but if for the casual fan, if I'm turning like, it on and, and I I hear about Juan Toscano Anderson, I just not going to know who I, that is. I, I just had to read his name again because I forgot yeah, about it just yeah. in the span of no, the time. Nobody truly it. knows Cole Anthony unless you're an Orlando Magic fan. But then again, if you watch Orlando Magic, you know regularly, what's the matter with you? <laughs> Um, kind of a psycho. Yeah. Obi yeah. Toppin was really the only person I knew. But, and that's only because he competed in last year's dunk. Contest. And for me, it's only because he has like a very unique name. Like, if, yeah, if, he, if, he he was actually the only reason why I truly do know him is because he was top 10 in the country when he was in college and when he was at Dayton. Yeah. Outside of that, if he was not, if he didn't have any of those accolades, if his name was, there would have been nobody. In if his name was John anymore. Simmons, I would com- be completely lost. I would have no idea who the heck. I would have thought that is. was uh, Ben Simmons' long lost cousin. Exactly. I would have, <laughs> I would have had no idea that that this guy competed and competed in and even won the dunk competition. It's a joke. Uh, the only thing I can say, uh, just possibly to get more people interested in the dunk competition would be to move it. I would say, or I would say to put it before the three point competition, because if you put it before the three point competition, you're going to get more ratings for the three point competition because the way ratings work, at least in TV, you want, and, you want to have the the biggest thing have be at the end. Yeah, yeah. The way ratings work is the closer something is to midnight, the higher the rating will be. Yeah. If, it, if it's, you know, something that a lot of people are interested in. So if you put the dunk competition first, maybe you get some stragglers that are interested in the three point competition, at least in to watch it. Maybe you can build up more rapport. And then you have the three point competition as like the big, you know, as the big final thing of the skills competition. And then, you know, maybe you can, maybe by doing that, you can try to build up the dunk competition from there. I think that the three point competition has overtaken it obviously. And is now the big event. So I would say put it last and have, have, have the dunk contest be in anticipation of the three point competition. I, I would say that's what you have to do hundred percent. Well, especially because now three pointers are now the new are not, not a new trend in the exactly. NBA now. Everyone's trying to do threes. Like, I mean, who expected like Carl Anthony Towns? He's yeah. for being a center. <laughs> if you got centers when it's like that's pretty impressive. The like people want to watch that. They want to see you know people who can't shoot threes. You know, make threes. My biggest thing that they can do to make the three point contest interesting is have a guy stand in front or like wave because it's because they're basically just taking wide open threes, and that's not usually what happens in the NBA. I want to see what it's like to see when these guys actually have someone in front of them guarding them because mm. it makes it look realistic. That's what we're used to seeing. That's and then that truly, that truly will see who's the, the truly the best three pointer three point shot. That's an interesting idea, but I, I, I like keeping it the way it is. Cause I mean, you know, you could have a guy come up in a completely different way and it could, it, it could, you know, he could, he could go up with one arm on one guy, a different arm on another guy. I think the human element there just cause it could really just impact the competition itself. And there could be a lot more discrepancy. I think for having these guys, you know, there is an art to being able to nail like 20 plus three pointers in a row like that. There's an art to that. So I think having, I think keeping that the way it is, it would be my recommendation, but I think you at least need to see some sort of changes to the dunk competition. Something else you need to see a change to as well was that halftime performance with DJ Khaled. What the hell was that with him? I was actually <laughs> just going to bring that up. Uh, what the hell was that? I don't know why they keep inviting him back. Cause this is what he does. He comes out. And he says, we the best music, and then brings the other artists out and then just dances around with his flab, just swinging (laughs) around everywhere. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. So, I mean, he comes out and he acts like everyone like, like doubts him. And I don't get that because I'm like, man, you're like a millionaire successful producer. Like no one doubts you anymore. Like he literally went out and ended up saying they never said I'd perform at the all-star game, all-star game, uh, halftime show. And I'm like. No, nah, man, no one actually ever said that. No one has ever said but that. But he doesn't actually sing or do anything. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why he's even there in general. Like, he, it's great that he makes the beats and he's a great beat he, he's maker. A, he, great he's great. Beat, he's very good. Amazing beat maker. But 
I just don't understand why he's there. Like he doesn't have a singing role or anything. It yeah. realistically makes more sense for him not to be there. Yeah, I, I don't get it. And I mean, listen, if I'm fine with him even going on stage and, and introducing guys and kind of being like a circus performer and, and being like, and next up we have little baby. Next up we got Lil Wayne and all these guys and being that guy. But he was like singing and like, and like, you know, basically just kind of, he was like talking during the middle of like these guys' performance. And I'm like, hey man, really appreciate making his beats, but I'd like to hear this guy talk rather than hear little Baby, you know, rap a couple bars and have DJ Khaled go, go in and, you know, chime in and be like, what? And what? Hey, yeah, I grew, like, I, I don't, I don't want that. It, it seems very forced when he does it. Oh yeah. Like it's it, like, there's like some MCs are able to throw ad libs out there and it sounds fairly natural. The Migos, for example, are a good example who we actually had at this performance. So I don't know. Listen, they can throw an ad lib out there and it's, it, it sounds fine. One thing I, I do have to say before, uh, I don't know when you want to switch the topic, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, if whenever um, Machine Gun Kelly's music dies, which I expect <laughs> to be pretty soon, he did a damn good job um, being a PA announcer, introducing the players. Yeah, he, he actually has a very good voice at that. I so agree. honestly, uh, I hope his music career ends soon because he makes garbage music. And um, he should be like, you know, maybe the Boston Celtics, you know, PA announcer <laughs> when he's introducing the starting lineups, you know, when he says, oh, three-pointer by, you know, whoever, Jason Tatum. Yeah. He's got a voice, but just not for music. His music is very bad. I don't mind his music, so you, you can go to hell with that comment. But <laughs> I uh, bad. I, oh, I, I think I think it's on Emo Girl was trash, but <laughs> let, 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 let's just like get on to like the next topic, obviously. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time talking about the dunk competition. It was something I did want to talk on because of just how atrocious it, was, atrocious it was. Something else that I find atrocious, but unfortunately, I do kind of agree with it. Uh, recently over the weekend, it was announced that Russell Westbrook has a new 2K rating. And he is now rated at a 79 overall. This man was the MVP of the league, like what, five years ago? Like not uh, five years ago or so? Like, like 2016, 17? I thought it was 2017, 18, but it was around that okay. time. Yeah. So he was the MVP. It was, around it was whenever Durant left. It, so I think Durant left at, in 2016, 17. R- West, Russell Westbrook went out and won the MVP literally that next season. Yeah. He averaged a triple-double for multiple seasons when he was in the league uh, during that stretch. And literally... I think that he kind of, I think, you know, he was putting, he was putting good situations to average those numbers, but I mean, this man was an offensive scoring machine. Now, like now he's on the Lakers and I mean, the man can't even crack the eighties in 2k. And for people that don't play the 2k video games, people are going to be like, all right, what's, what's the big deal? What does it matter if he's an 80, if he's a 79 versus like an 80 or 81? Do you play 2k? Yeah. I love that game. Yeah. So do you do you at least understand why there is a big difference between being in the 70s versus the 80s like like there's a huge discrepancy well at least for me well the thing though is when he started out the season and when 2k dropped he was at an 86 overall yeah and he's down to 79 and for for me even if he was to drop to an 81 it's like okay there's some respectability in that for the people that don't play 2k Dropping into the 70s, it's like the land of mediocrity. Once you're there, you can you can start as like a rookie in the 70s and build yourself up in the 80s and 90s and become at and become at that level. But if you fall from superstar status into the 70s, that's like falling into the abyss, man. And like it's really tough to come out of that, especially a guy like Russell Westbrook. But at the same time, it's not like it wasn't deserved. I mean, at one point this year, man, the dude was averaging 50% shooting on his dunks. How do you do that? How do you average 50% dunking it? <laughs> I, 
I was not. A, I was never really a big fan of him, to be honest. I mean, yeah, he's, he's he's just a selfish player. He like mm. doesn't want to help anyone. He just cares about his own stats. Yeah, you gotta be a team player, man. No, I mean, it's, I, not, it's not called you know the Los Angeles Russell Westbrooks. Yeah, you're lucky even LeBron considered you to be on the team. Now LeBron wants to kick you to the road. They oh, want to kick you out of the car. Percent. They want him gone. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I don't blame LeBron for this. <laughs> I, I, no, I do blame LeBron. No, no, no. Well, he, I'm, I'm, sa- I'm saying for having this opinion of Westbrook, because typically I'll, I'll blame LeBron for everything. I'll blame him for bringing a guy like him in, but for saying that he wants him gone, I don't blame him for wanting him gone. I don't. Oh well, yeah. Well, I mean, he is bad though. But here's the thing though: LeBron took him. He signed. He's like, oh yeah. Uh, you can't. This is basically how I how I thought of this situation. This is Westbrook. Hey, I need a job, LeBron. Can you please, you know, p- move some some things around so I can be on the Lakers? Sure. Just make sure you do this, this, and this. He hasn't done any of that. No. So LeBron should be the one at blame because he's the one that said, yes, we, we'll, we'll move some things around so you can be on this team. Well, I love having you. Yeah. I mean, it's just. LeBron has drafted his basically he's like us when we when we play fantasy. Yeah. He literally has drafted his own team and failed. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, what the Lakers I think are are the ninth seed right now. They're currently out of the playoff picture. Uh are, are, are te- they, technically they're in the play in tournament. They, I thought up to the 10th seed. All right. I, th- I thought I thought the play in was only at the eight seed. So no, my, it's my, it's 10. Uh okay. but the it's basically seven, seven versus eight, nine versus ten. That's also another thing. I think the pl- the playing tournament is really dumb how it's constructed. <laughs> but it's seven versus eight, nine versus ten. Uh, it's the loser versus the seven and eight versus the winner of the nine and ten, and that battles out for the eight. Interesting. And the winner <laughs> of the seven eighteen gets the seven. Any anything to extend the playoffs, man. Anything to extend the playoffs. Uh, that's crazy how that works. But yeah. uh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if Russell Westbrook will ever be able to get back to that ability. I think if it is, it's not going to be with the, with the Lakers. I think that for both him and LA, he's going to need to get the hell out of there. I, I agree. So too, the only problem is I don't know who's going to pick him up. Yeah. I, 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 he's going to have to do it. He's going to have to do something similar to when he went to the wizards and was on that team and basically kind of had to rebuild his value. He's going to have to go to another small market like that and probably have to rebuild his value there and then see if another big contender is willing to take him on that. that that's what, that's what I think he's going to have to do. It was also funny though. Cause like he also had Bradley Beal and I think Bradley Beal is a pretty decent player. Yeah. I, I enjoy watching his game though. But he was still selfish with uh, on that team. He didn't. He didn't help Bradley Beal out once. No, he was leaving him out to dry. No, I can't even believe they made the playoffs that nah, year. I, I can't either. And I think it's ridiculous. But uh, now, 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 the thing though is, uh, do you remember uh, when that when they were at the 76ers versus Wizards game and uh, Westbrook got injured and he was leaving the floor and some fan threw popcorn on him? Yes, I thought that was pretty funny because that kind of <laughs> that just kind of describes it because. He's just trash. Yeah, I mean, he kind of just he, – he's fallen off a cliff. I mean, people like to, to talk about Tom Brady falling off a cliff, obviously the famous Max Kellerman line. Russell Westbrook has fallen off the mountain. Like, what? <laughs> like, I have no idea. Like, it's 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 so sad. And, I, I mean, listen, I you don't have to exactly like the player, but just to see a guy of his caliber just, like, you know, fall into mediocrity like this, it's it, – it just – I don't think I'm getting old or something here, right? I mean, like, I, I don't know. I like, like, you might be. He has been in the league for quite a while. I mean, I guess. Two thousand. What was? What, what was he in the league? Two thousand eight. He was his first. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, that's 
15 years, almost 15 years. I mean, I, I guess so. That, that's usually like on average, like for someone at his level, because you also have to understand he was going full, like he was draining his energy. Oh, yeah. Like when he was trying to get those three straight years of triple of triple yeah, yeah, yeah. averaging, like he drained a lot of his energy. Yeah. So I think he already used up all of his, I guess you say, quote unquote, superpowers. <laughs> so I, I, I think honestly, I think maybe he has like one or two more years, but after that, you, you got to hang it up. You're being you're being a cancer to your own team. You're hurting your own stats by by trying to say you're helping yourself out, and you're hurting your. I don't know if he has a chance of getting into the Hall of Fame though. But every year, basketball he, Hall of Fame is actually fairly. It, 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 but the thing, but the thing though is he, he's done things like especially as a point guard that like you know we've never seen before. Three straight years, it's like you know trip averaging a triple double. Yeah, and you know especially well, in this league. The other thing too, Kyle, it, it's it's the it, the weird the weird uh kind of difference with it is it's the basketball Hall of Fame, not the NBA. Hall yeah, of that's Fame. that so, is so, so, so that's the one thing where it's the NFL football Hall of Fame, the MLB Hall of Fame, the NHL Hall of Fame. With this basketball, there's a lot. There's a much bigger scope, and the and they look at a lot more than just your NBA achievements. I don't I don't know what his USA achievements are if he played for Team USA, but they're. Gonna, I think I think he has, yeah, so, I think he's gotten so, gold every so time he's yeah. Been so there. they'll factor in the gold medals. They'll factor in all but, the different things and accolades he's won. So he'll he'll get in the Hall of Fame. But those I don't know. To me, I, that's the one thing I don't like. Those I don't like that they consider uh, adding gold medals to like his resume. I mean, granted, he did win them though. But look at the team he was on though. Yeah. I, I don't know. He I, was averaging like what five points? <laughs> That's like more of a participation trophy. Like, yeah, you showed up, you played your like five minutes, and you you know you got your layups though. <laughs> but like you know when 2012, like you know Kobe was stealing the show on LeBron. 2016, KD and it, 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 here's the thing: there, there, there's obviously there's there's the gold medals that come to it. There's the FIBA World Cup that they play, and <laughs> no, like Kyle, they factor this stuff in. It's, they really they, should. They, they, they do. They'll 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 factor <laughs> do anything. They'll factor in. They'll factor in like 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 an, like a red versus blue scrimmage if it if it if it helps their stats. They will do anything. They'll they'll factor in in like Rucker Park League stats if it helps. Like they will do anything if it if it means if it means making a valid credential for the Hall of Fame. Hey, for these guys. If they're if they're um, considering uh, that, they need they've left some people out of that list. <laughs> the God sham God. You said it, not me. Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I'm. I'm just gonna say God sham God Hall of Fame. Just I'm saying it right here. But <laughs> maybe he got inducted into uh in, into that Hall of Fame. I don't know if they do have a Hall of Fame. I think they should because there's been a lot of great people that have oh, gone yeah. through that park. It, but, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. But yeah, but, uh, but uh, you, you talked about Russell Westbrook being selfish. Another, he, another he is. Yeah. <laughs> an, another player I want to talk about being selfish right now and kind of just not seeming like he's dedicated to his team whatsoever is Zion Williamson. He is. I, I have no idea what the hell is going on with this guy. And for me, it, it really sucks because. I mean, like you and me can both re- can both remember when Zion was coming up through the ranks and was, you know, just dominating the internet in high school. You know, he was stealing the show. And I remember seeing him like what, maybe my like sophomore junior year of high school. And I, I was like, who the heck is this guy? And everyone was like, it's Zion Williamson and Zion Williamson. And I had no idea who this guy was. And then he kind of disappeared for a little bit because he had to go play high school. And then he went on to go play at Duke and hadn't in, had an insane rookie season there for me personally well, up until he had his little shoe incident yeah so <laughs> listen he had his, he had some he had some other funny moments at duke too obviously busting out of the shoe was a very uh comical moment from was a very comical moment to see but 
I mean, he, you know, he dominated at Duke. He was, he was insane offensively. And I mean, even on the defensive end too, he had, he had that amazing block. I remember at one point where he literally just jumped out of the gym. So at Duke, he was a freak. And for me personally, whenever I turn on the TV, I, and if it's like late at night and I'm I'm just like, Oh, what's a game I could watch just to kind of go relive some stuff. I'll throw on, I'll throw on that Zion versus taco fall game any day of the week. Cause just, I just remember how entertaining that game was. And yeah, did yeah did did Zion finish? Did Zion really finish the game out? Eh, kinda. But I don't know. Like it, it's a, it's still a game I'm entertained by. Zion Williamson at Duke was incredibly entertaining. Now he's with the Pelicans and he can't see, even stay on the court. Like like I don't even know what's going on with this guy. I mean, apparently, Kyle. I think the last time I checked, he was weighing around 330 pounds. Like what? How? <laughs> How do you go to weighing that much like so quickly? I understand that New Orleans has some outstanding food. I, I've I've been told this many different times that New Orleans has some incredible food. They do have incredible food. I've been there before. Really? Very, very good food. Yeah. But man, is it enough to make you gain? Is it enough to make you weigh 330 pounds? <laughs> I, you're, you're not, you're I, not I, saying I, no. Listen, I've been I, I went to New Orleans for, you know, a few days. But I don't live there, yeah. so different situation though. But this is turning did, did into. You, did, would you say you put on a couple of LBs when you went to New Orleans? I would say I put on a comfortable five pounds. Okay, <laughs> but um, he reminds me a lot like Greg Oden or mm. Kwame Brown. Oh no! Don't say that name. <laughs> but he is though Kwame. Think, think about it, Kwame Brown. He uh, averaged what, like nineteen points, you Something know, like that. Like, yeah, yeah. And this was like you know his first two years, and then after that, this man's went downhill. Oh yeah. Do, do we not see a trend here? I, I, I Greg Oden. Well, Greg Oden. I can't really use Greg Oden though, but like he had an injury. But, yeah. Um, he had some unfortunate situations. Yeah, but I mean, like we just never really. He just kind of fell off the map too. But, but Kwame, I think, is a good example because yeah. I remember just MJ ripping into him during his first, like when he got started with the Wizards. Like MJ just completely, I think, destroyed his confidence, and then he went and you know just wasn't able to materialize as a as an NBA player later on it later on down the road. I mean, I saw with him, he completely like went on Instagram, like, like, I think like a year or maybe six months ago. And he just like started going at all the people that, that like clown him over the years. And he ended up saying, you have no idea what I've been through. You have no idea what, what I've been through. And he like, he like tore who, these wait, who? Kwame Brown. Really? Yeah. He like ripped into guys. Like he, he went on like a tirade, like six months ago on Instagram. It was very entertaining six to months? watch. Oh, no, now I understand where Kanye is getting all this from. Yeah. It was, <laughs> he, t- he took notes out of Kwame Brown's uh, book. I think it was at least over the summer. It was very entertaining to watch when Kwame he like started leveling guys it was very it was very entertaining to watch but I'm sorry uh, it just took him this long to start saying things I figured he would have been saying things right from the jump and eh, you, you, you might be a little bit Irish probably bottle some stuff up and then <laughs> you know kind of just like like all Irish people do we let it all out at once so I don't know but something that was interesting to me is that apparently you know obviously the Pelicans traded for traded for CJ McCollum Zion Williamson has yet to reach out to this man I mean, it's not, it's not like CJ's like, you know, just some average kind of, you know, run of the mill guy that you're bringing in. It's not like you're bringing in like JJ Barea. It's yeah. like, like, it's not like you're bringing in. Yeah, like McCollum's some, a pretty well above McCollum. average basketball player. You can he's like con- a, contribute to a lot to the Pelicans who need the help. Yeah. CJ McCollum's like a, is like a top 50 player in the NBA right yeah. now, at least. I mean, he's a very good, he's a very quality talent. And JJ Redick, who I know, who obviously also was a teammate of, of Zion. He went on first take. And he completely leveled Zion for this. He he ended up saying he ended up saying this just complete this shows a complete lack of initiative from him. And you know JJ who played with Zion back during the twenty during the twenty 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 one season he ended up saying 
I've been in that locker room room with him. And for me, he, he comes across as a detached teammate. And to me, that that's big just to see JJ Reddick go at him like this. And man, I don't know if you've seen this clip. JJ Reddick was fired up when he was going at him. It was crazy. Well, he's a very competitive player. I mean, like oh, yeah. he's, he's one of the more, uh, you know, better three point shooters in the league. Yeah. I mean, he's retired now, but yeah, was, um, but it's just sad to see because like Zion think about it, it's like, I remember like three years ago, like obviously when he was at Duke sports center, ESPN, all, all anything related to ESPN, they wouldn't stop talking about this I, guy. It, they're, it they're, was all positive. Yeah. Was all positive. positive. Now they, now they're like Zion who, who's this? Yeah. Who's this guy? Yeah, no, I mean, they, they, they've completely, like, turned on him and leveled this guy. And, I mean, I'm not saying it ain't granted. I mean, for me, it's just, like, I, I don't understand how Zion can just keep doing this. And and I, I understand that you're hurt right now, man. I understand that you're not able to be on the court. But I don't think he's with the team right now. I don't think he's actually, you know, I, I know you have an injury. But be with the organization. Try to show that you still have interest in being here. I mean, listen, you're under contract till 2024, 2025, I think even possibly with your contract. I know there's some like restricted free agent status and different things in there, but you're not going anywhere, at least I think for the next two seasons, you might as well try to make something work. And I, I think that you need to do it because say, say he does just kind of turn into the next Ben Simmons and kind of just like lumps around and is kind of just a loaf. Well, I mean, then you got to start taking money away from him. Yeah. Well, you got to start taking money away from him. And then well, actually that's what they should have been doing from the all like, I would, I would, I don't know what I, I think right now. He's though, also still getting money from, I think Nike, if I'm right. And he, he's still, he's got a sponsorship still, but here's the thing though. I don't know if you can take money away from him. Cause you could technically still make the case that he has an injury, but, but, for, but for not showing up to the team, you could actually punish him for that. Well, I mean, he's also just not even making a collective effort to want to play basketball again. Like, yeah. you know, not even like, like, you know, like trying to like go to like rehab and like trying to like get yourself back up to where you have been to get yourself back on the yeah. floor. I mean, this man's eating. he's just expecting that he's just <laughs> expecting, oh, my foot will heal at some point. And I'm like, no, man, if you're if you're actually at that reported 330 pounds, your foot's not going to be able to heal that well because you're putting a lot of weight on it. I mean, I've I've talked I've talked with friends who, you know, one of my good friends, uh, John Warren, he's not 330 pounds. He's actually in really good shape, but he but he's he's dealt with knee problems in, in football. And, you know, I've, I feel firm when he's when he's gone through that. And he, he's told me, hey, when I was when I was doing my rehab, I had to go drop some weight because it was putting a lot of pressure on me on my knee. And that's not good when I'm doing my rehab and I want to be in better shape. So he went out, he, he lost some weight and, you know, it was great for him. For, for a guy like Zion, if you're weighing that much and I get it, you're like seven foot, you're like you have a lot of a, you have a lot more, you know, space to spread out that mass. But that's not 300 something pounds. That doesn't look good on on basically anybody like like you need to you need to do something about that. I mean, if he continues down this path, he'll end up being on the TV show "My Six Hundred Pound Life" oh, at this no. point. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's terrible. I mean, well, he keeps eating though; like he's not he's not doing himself any favors. I mean, I get it. And bro, they they used to call Charles Barkley the round mount of rebound. I mean, what what are they gonna call Zion? Like, I have no idea. <sighs> I have no it, idea either. It's unreal, man. But I mean, you know, just from seeing how JJ Redick went at him. I mean, he, he ended like JJ ended up saying, I was never the best player on any of the teams I was on. But when it, when it came to a guy like Ursan Ilyasova, I reached out to him and was trying to get guys to join the team during buyout markets and different things like that. And, and, you know, I think he, I, from what I'm, from what I am pretty sure JJ ended up saying, listen, if it was a guy like that, I'm not saying you need to like give him the world, but CJ, but having your team get CJ McCollum is a big deal. Like they envision him and you being a big piece of this. So the fact that he wasn't even willing to reach out, it, it just, it's so disheartening. 
What a great run Zion has had. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a great run, but I'm hoping that it's not similar to a Kwame Brown or to something where it just doesn't turn into anything in the NBA. I want him to be a star. I want I want to see the Zion Williamson we saw at Duke take over the NBA. Personally, I want to see that. I, I'd rather have John Morant because John Morant, oh, no, I, I, was, John I, I, Morant was so slept on. And here's the thing. Though. I don't mind John Morant, but I want to see, I want, I'm not saying I want Zion to overtake John Morant, I, but I want to see Zion be successful because me seeing what he was at Duke, like having, like being able to witness what he saw, what he was there. That was awesome to see. And I want to, I personally, I want him. I want to see him at that level again. I don't think we're ever going to see it again. I, he get, Zion got his 15 minutes of fame in college. Now John Morant's getting his limelight in mm. NBA. I call that swift justice. It's true. John Morant really wasn't really taught. Do you remember him being on ESPN talked yeah. about? Maybe when it, it got to tournament it, it, it time. Was, it was in tournament time. He got some talk. But he barely got talked about. Now John Morant now, now is now, I guess they say, could be the face of that class, yeah, of no, that draft class. No, he's, and he's he rightfully deserves it. Yeah. He's worked hard. He's put in the hard work. While Zion has got pushed around his entire life, he's gotten carried. Well, I mean, you mentioned Greg Owen, and it's similar to when he got drafted and then Kevin Durant went, went right after. Yeah. I now mean, it, everyone remembers Kevin Durant and barely anyone remembers Greg Owen. And Greg Owen is like everyone's like, oh, 15-year memory that nobody forgets it's like a tv show that you forgot existed yeah it's like it's like when you it's like when you got a random snap memory and you, you end up saying wait who the heck is that guy yeah exactly it's like it's like what's going on like like five years ago and like it's a random selfie you took and it's just like who is that yeah. like like i don't even remember taking this photo so like it, it's kind of like that but man I want to see Zion get back to that level, but I will, uh, but I do agree with you. It is the, the ability for him to do that is, is fleeting. It, it is kind of starting to get further yeah. and further away. It's John Morant time. Yeah. Well, it, 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 even if it is John Morant time, I think it is now time to transition from uh, NBA news to NFL news. Uh, one thing I want to talk about there and spe specifically with you, obviously, Kyle, you're wearing a Super Bowl champions shirt right now. You're talking. So I want to talk some pats with you. Uh, and unfortunately, this isn't some Pats news that I'm really excited to talk about. Uh, it's something that I think is fairly concerning. Obviously, Patriots, I, I think, had a pretty good season after the atrocious 2020 season we had with Cam Newton at the helm. Uh, Mac Jones was at least able to make us look uh, watchable, was able was able to take us to the playoffs, and at one point had us as the number one seed in the AFC. So We should have been the number one seed. The difference of that Buccaneers game and that and that first game of the season, the Dolphins game, literally those two games, if we had won those, we would have had the number one seed. Yeah. So a lot, I mean, it's crazy. The AFC this year, man, was just wild. So like, yeah. like who would have thought the Bengals were going to the Super Bowl? Exactly. <laughs> like, like, the, like the AFC this year, man, was a complete like cluster. You know what? So like, we have no idea how something like that comes about, but uh, looking at the pay, looking at the Pats now moving forward, they just lost a lot on, on the coaching staff side of it. Josh McDaniels, who, uh, you know, we famously uh, kind of just like famously kind of turned around on the Indianapolis Colts and then, you know, came back with the New England Patriots to be our OC for, you know, a couple more years. Once Imagine he does the same in a few weeks. With the, the Raiders. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Man. So uh, I, I would can't. Uh, I don't feel like doing this anymore because everyone keeps getting arrested. So uh, I'm going to go back to the Patriots where everything's normal. Man, that, that, that would, that would be the dream scenario. Listen, that's not happening though. So the Pats, unfortunately are stuck having to fill the role of Josh McDaniels and all the people that he took to Oakland with him. Cause he took, cause he took a uh, Ziggler with him, took a lot of other guys. 
uh, to Oakland. And now the Pats are trying to kind of scramble and figure out what they're going to do on the offensive side of the ball. One guy's name who I've obviously heard heard about bringing back is Bill O'Brien, but there are reports that the Pats haven't even so much as talked to him. Another guy, which this one scared me, but but people are trying to really talk it up now, was Adam Gase, formerly of the Dolphins and Jets, which I don't want to see bug eyes on the sidelines for the Patriots. I, I don't, really I don't, don't. want to see Bill O'Brien or Adam Gase on a football field ever again. They, I, they need to be in the retirement home. I don't want to see them on the football field either, Kyle. But these next options scare me enough that I'm willing to settle for either of them at this point. And it's the fact that, uh, you know, obviously the Pats are trying to make moves. And uh, on the coaching side of the ball, we ended up bringing Joe Judge back, who was formerly our special teams coach. And, you know, completely just flamed out with the Giants this past season was, you know, kind of made news for running a QB sneak in his on like, I think on his own like nine yard line when it was a third and seven wasn't even the nine yard line. It was like the two yard. Line. Yeah, it, it was embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, like, like, like that, that had that, that's like stopped the news world for like a split second. People end up saying. Did, he, did Joe Judge really just do that? Like, what the heck actually was that? And I like had enough people had enough people wondering, like, why would you ever do that as coach? And people thought that he should have been fired on the spot right there. And I think subsequently he was. I think I think that probably was the deciding factor. If, if there wasn't if there wasn't already a nail in the coffin, that was the final blow. Well, here's the thing, though. When you're given either having Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon or oh, Jacob not- Fromm as your quarterbacks, what realistically can you do in that situation? You you have signed some statistically sort of- the least winning quarterbacks in all of football. I don't know. I don't man. really know what else he is supposed to do. I don't know. Some sort of run play, at least at least like make it look like that, like at least make it look like a football play. Like like at least like if the running back gets stuff there, fine. But you could have at least just like thrown something out there. No, but so Joe Judge obviously gets fired. I thought, you know where I thought he should have gone? I thought he should have gone to the Green Bay Packers to be their special teams coach. No, honestly, because you saw how the Green Bay Packers fell apart in that divisional game on special teams against the 49ers. That was disgusting how they fell apart. I thought, and I love every second of it. I, I, I'm oh, not no, no. a fan of the Green Bay oh, Packers. Oh, no, me neither. My friend Pat Edwards is though. So, so he, he he's a big Packers fan, but I, but I said to him, I was like, hey, it might not be a bad idea if you if you guys were to pick up Joe Judge and and I said listen terrible with the Giants I don't think he's a good head coach but special teams when he was with the Patriots our special teams was pretty immaculate like we really didn't have any blocked punts we didn't have a ton of issues on special teams when Joe Judge was kind of running the ship over here you know there were a couple mess ups here and there but you know for the most part we had a pretty solid and sound special teams and it was something that this it was something that the patriots team of the second dynasty kind of founded themselves on so in my friend even agreed with me he ended up saying i would take i would take joe judge to run our special teams i would do it but the patriots end up reaching back out to him we're bringing him we're bringing him on now to the offensive side of the ball and apparently he's going to be now working with mac jones that terrifies me after seeing what happened in New York. I, and I don't know how it can't terrify any other Patriots fan when seeing the way that that that, that ship went down in in New York and just seeing the way Daniel Jones regressed, seeing I, I didn't think I could see Mike Glennon regress, but somehow that was possible. And then seeing Jake Fromm, who was had a pretty solid career at Georgia, seeing him just going to be a complete nightmare on the field. Like you can talk about them not being the great, great, great talent wise. But somehow Joe Judd was able to take that and make it worse. I don't understand how that was possible. But again, I, I think he's a special teams guru. I think that he was great on that side of the ball. But then having him work with, with Mac Jones in his second year in the league, this is when he this is when Mac Jones is supposed to make this, that jump. This is, this is the most important year. Absolutely. So bringing in Joe Judge, the guy who's the guy who QB snuck it on third and seven uh, uh, with his backing against the goal line, 
That terrifies me, Kyle. It's interesting, though, because you're going to I, I think it could potentially work out. How? But <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Mac Jones isn't dumb. No, I know that he's a smart guy. You don't win the Heisman Trophy by accident. You know, you know, he's very he's very smart with his passes. He's a very accurate passer. Um, I, I think maybe this might be what Joe Judge needs. And who knows if he happens to do really good. I don't know. Do we sign him long term? Do we uh, I, does he get a head coach position or offensive coordinator position? Because I, here's the thing, though. I found it odd that they fired Jason Garrett, mm. but not also Joe Judge. I think for them, the reason they fired Garrett is that it might have been easier to just like replace a coordinator position midseason rather than have to do a full head coach thing, especially with a big organization like the Giants. I think that for them. It was like, all right, like let, let's try to hold this thing off. I know the Raiders fired Madden, but there were some other implications why they had to terminate him midseason. So I for I think for a lot of teams, getting rid of a guy midseason is kind of a challenge. I when when you do it, it's usually under very serious circumstances. Urban Myers, another one, obviously. So I think when a guy gets fired midseason, something has to go drastically. But wrong. the thing, but the thing though is at least if Judge would have got fired, I'm happy I would have been happy with uh, Garrett being a head coach because he's actually led a team to a winning season. Yeah. I, I he could have at least put put something together, you know, pull out the old Dallas playbook that, you know, he might have had stored at home and be like, you know what? I got I got this team to a nine and seven with a bunch of uh, nobodies and losers. I think I can do the same with the Giants and at least get you to like, you know, a respectable, you know, six and not what even is it? Six and six and eleven. Yeah. Seven. I always forget that there's an extra I, it, game. It's, it's so six weird. and eleven, seven, ten, you know, at least make it be somewhat respectable. Yeah, but no. Let's get let's get rid of the guy who's had a winning record, you know, on a rival. You know, like you know, he he was doing something correct. Yeah, exactly. He did have a few pieces though, but like he was doing something correct. No, exactly. There, there's a lot of different things that they could have done, but they obviously went with this decision. And I mean, I, I again, I'm nervous about them bringing back Joe Judge, but the other decision too that they that the, the Pats have gone with uh, also terrifies me, and it's the fact that. Uh, Matt Patricia, who, again, you want to talk about coaches that flamed out once they left New England. Matt Patricia is a chef's kiss example of a coach that did that. Man went to Detroit and listen, I get it. Detroit's a hellscape, Kyle. I'm not I'm not I'm not oblivious to that. Detroit is a hellscape. Every year, the uh, the uh, the ownership and management there intentionally set up the coaches and players for failure. No, I get that. (laughs) I don't understand why they like losing so much. I don't. Do they enjoy just not having a fan base? Like, do they enjoy losing millions of dollars every year? I don't get it, man. It's I mean, I I think they just see the way Detroit goes and they they, they ended up saying, well, Detroit's already in the toilet. We, We. we, we can't turn this thing we'll, around. We'll make sure to make the clog really worse. Yeah, <laughs> my, my, might as well. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I actually the Lions ownership might be doing fans a service. They they might be saying, "Listen, you don't want to come to Detroit, so we're going to put a product on the field that's going to keep you away." So I, you know, I think I think Lions ownership is actually out there for fans. Yeah, yet the NFL will force us to watch the uh, watch the Thanksgiving game at noon every every time. Uh, they need to get them off of Thanksgiving. I don't even care about traditions that, anymore. That's, that's just an insult to football. That's something I've said so many times. I I you know I, I don't know if you know Miles Crone here. He's a uh, he's mm-hmm. yeah he's he's a Lions fan and he he. He defends he defends them playing on Thanksgiving to this day, and I'm like, why? And he ends up saying they're an it, insult to football. He ends up saying it's so good, Brian. It's so good. And I'm like, Miles, what? It, you get your two seconds of fame every year. <laughs> he, 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 he thinks they should play. He thinks they play, they should play twice on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. He, he, listen, it's already bad enough that listen. Is that enough that we got to deal with the Cowboys fans and they're unbearable to deal with? 
at, at least though, but Hey, listen, we need some comedy on Thanksgiving. So it's also not the worst thing that the yeah. Lions, but I, I love, I love watching great football on Thanksgiving because that's what football is known for. Exactly. We like to put the best product on the field. No, I can't. Lions are not good product. Get no, them off. I, I do have to agree with you. So, and you know, there is kind of an advantage to it. If you know, it's going to be a bad football game. I actually eat Thanksgiving at, at lunchtime. I don't know. Do you eat it at dinner time? Uh, we watch it, uh, when the Cowboys play. Okay. So you, at least we know that's a good game. We can all watch and so, talk about. So do you eat? So do you eat during the Cowboys game? Or? Yes. Okay. So yeah, we eat probably during the Lions game. So obviously we were able to, yeah, just that's, that's way too early for me. No, no, no. <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we eat at like noon, like one o'clock ish. So, Oh, that's way too early. Yeah. No. So yeah, that that's when we do it. And then I, I don't know for, for me, like when that food coma hits, it's just enough to where I can sleep through the lions game and then wake up and actively enjoy the <laughs> Cowboys game. So there, yeah. th- that's kind of the give and take that I do with that. But yeah, yeah. It, we like to, we like to cook the food during the lines. So that way we don't have to watch the lines. We give ourselves a nice excuse. Fair enough. <laughs> that, that, you, you, you do have your hands tied during that. So I can't excuse you for probably not watching that. Yeah. I am usually asleep during the lions game. So that that's where I am at that point in time. But uh, the, obviously, you know, with Matt Patricia, he came back to New England last season as a senior. What, what was the role? It was as a senior football advisor. So just another nameless position. So that way, Bill Belichick could have him back in the building. Just, just another person that doesn't deserve like five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, a year. just another yes man for Bill <laughs> Belichick. So I, I, I don't know if Bill Belichick needs any more of those guys, but he got another one. And, uh, you know, obviously, I think Matt Patricia was fine as defensive coordinator here, was able to help us, uh, was able to help us uh, win Super Bowl 49, obviously wearing the shirt for that Super Bowl championship. But I, I don't know. He, he was, he was fine here. Obviously he was called a rocket scientist when he was here, but I, I don't know. He, you know, th- there's a chance now, actually not even a chance. He's going to be working on the offensive side of the football now, Kyle. This man went from defensive coordinator to offensive side of the football. And there are reports that he might even hold the offensive play sheet and make calls for them this year. When have you ever seen a guy go from defensive coordinator to offensive coordinator for, for a, for an NFL franchise? You see that maybe in high school or college at the very least, but not like a top tier college team. Yeah, no, exactly. You you, you, you might, you might see it for imagine, imagine seeing that at Alabama with Nick Saban. Oh my God. That that would be interesting. Yeah. You you might, you might, (laughs) you might see it at like St. Louis college of Western Missouri or something like that. You might see it as like some obscure, like D three school somewhere, but you're not seeing this happen at a top college level or even an NFL level. You're not seeing that with these guys. So that is also something very scary to me. I would rather have Bill Belichick, who is a very defensive-minded guy, call the plays for offense than Matt Patricia. I mean, I at least that at least that point you can say, all right, all right, Bill Belichick is the greatest football mind of all time. You know, maybe he can maybe he can pull something out. Maybe he can pull something out. Like I don't know. That's how I would look at it. So I don't know. Seeing these two kind of clowns on the side of the football calling things to the Pats, it makes me nervous about Mac Jones and his development. Like they could screw him up if they if they if they. Uh, if, if they really uh, have their way with him. And I know you said that Mac Jones is a smart kid, but he also does listen to authorities uh, on, at least with the Patriots. He, you know, he would talk with Bill Belichick all the, all the time, Bill. I would hope he would listen to Bill. No, no, Belichick. no, 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 no. I, I, I'm not saying that. He, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have, but you know, he at least, I mean, he also listened to Josh McDaniels too. And I think that Josh McDaniels is a good offensive coordinator. But I'm hoping he can't make the decision by himself, though, unfortunately. No, I, I agree with him. But I'm but I'm hoping that doesn't set a precedent to where to where Joe Judge says, hey, man, do this. And Mac jo- and, you know, all the all the alarms are signaling in Mac Jones's head is saying, no, I'm going to get killed on this play. So I actually shouldn't do that. I'm hoping that he's at I'm hoping he at least has the mental fortitude to do something like that, because if he doesn't, they could really screw him up. Yeah, who knows? He might. 
if they put him in a real dangerous situation, I mean, it wouldn't be shocking if uh, Mac Jones has an injury. It, it, yeah. could, it could be like another Joe Burrow type of situation where basically yeah. Joe Burrow has. It doesn't even need to be an injury, though. Just, it, it doesn't even need to be an injury. It could be a mental block of some sort. Could be. I mean, but hey, listen, like, that's the reason why I'm a football fan. I don't make the decisions. I just go to the game or I put on my TV. I watch it. I'd be like, oh, wow, that game sucked. Or, wow, that game's really good. And then go about my yeah. day. I mean, <laughs> this, this 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 harkens back to a rookie. And it's kind of ironic because this happened during the Hall of Fame game during Brady's rookie season. It was Patriots 49ers. And on the other side of the ball for the 49ers was, was a third round draft pick named Giovanni, Giovanni Carmazzi. He came from, uh, uh, where did he come from? He came from Hofstra. And, and, you know, yeah, they, they don't yeah, even Long Island, New York. Yeah. They yep. don't, even, they don't even have a football program anymore. They, 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 uh, they disbanded. Yeah, yep. they, they disbanded it. But for him, he went out there and, uh, you know, just got completely rocked against the Patriots. And a lot of people thought that he just never was able to recover from something like that. So if the Pats put Mac Jones in a situation like that, I think that, I think that Mac Jones has a better, better fortitude than, than Giovanni Carmazzi. But if Mac Jones gets knocked around a bunch and, you know, has some doubt in his coaches, that could cause some problems down the line. And I think that could really screw with him. Hey, listen, you always got the second best option, Brian Hoyer. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, that, guy's a, that guy's a bona fide coach at this point. Listen, uh, we, we saw what Brian Hoyer was able to do in that Chiefs game. And the fact that was an embarrassment. So I listen, you can you can credit Brian Hoyer for being a great football mind. I think he's a great one. Possibly might even be able to be a quarterback's coach or something, you know, once he's done with football. I think he has a shot at something. Like hey, that. listen, he is the he is the greatest second stringer. <laughs> Of all time, I mean, I don't know who else can really match up against them. That man warms the bench so well for the Patriots. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he he does he does a very good job. He does keep it very very warm. So <laughs> I, I I don't know. There, there's a lot of things going on there, but I will say, I, if this is the if this is the offensive coaching staff we're rolling out with the Pats, we're screwed. We are screwed if this is it. And I really think that Mac Jones will be screwed up. I'm hoping not as screwed up as Giovanni Carmazzi because. I don't know if you know about him. If you ever watched the Brady six documentary uh, when that came out back in like 2011, that guy is now, is now that guy now is hurting goats. So I'm hoping we not get, hoping we don't get Mac Jones as screwed up as that guy. So here, here's to that. Hey, listen, if it's, if that's what makes him happy, it's what makes him happy. Exactly. We all got to find our passions in life. Exactly. Kyle. But Unfortunately, not unfortunately, Kyle, it is now eight o'clock here at the Koffler Center. So we are unfortunately now down to the wire, which means we're going to do a little run through of what we talked about in this episode and send you guys on your way. Obviously, we started things off today by talking about the complete dud that was this year's NBA dunk competition completely just. You know, it was just a non-factor this year. Uh, it starred Obi Toppin, who ended up winning the event, Jalen Green of the Rockets, Cole Anthony of the Magic, and Juan Toscano Anderson of the Warriors. Again, if if you if you ask me that guy's name in five minutes, I will not remember it. I will. You, you, you might as well. I hope you don't remember it. You might as well. You might as well pull the trigger. If if I had a gun to my head, I would just I would just say, tell my family I love them because I will not remember. Shoot. <laughs> Juan Toscano Anderson. Okay, great. Uh, after that, we talked about DJ Khaled's uh, very uh, interesting halftime performance, to say the very least, uh, as well as Russell Westbrook now being rated a 79 overall in 2K and JJ Reddick calling out Zion Williamson for not reaching out to CJ McCollum. Uh, Reddick referred to him as a detached teammate, and we went back and forth as to whether Zion will ever be the kind of guy we saw at Duke uh, it doesn't seem like that will ever be the case again. But then finally, in football news, we talked about the Patriots uh, new look yet concerning offensive coaching, uh, offensive coaching staff that 
uh, is drawing some concern from many fans. This was something that obviously came about last week, but was something I wanted to cover on this show. Uh, it's something that, I mean, listen, man, it, again, if this is what we're rolling out with the Pats, again, tell, tell my family I love them. That's, that's all I can say. But, man, Mikhail, obviously, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I really do appreciate it. Uh, but for any, again, for any of you guys listening, listening live, you've been listening to WJMF 88.7 HD two Smithville Providence, or you've been tuned in at WJMFradio.com. Thank you so much for watching the show. And from down to the wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Kyle Finn. And we hope you guys have a great day. Take care and peace out.